Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today, she still gets emotional when she recalls how her filmmaker friends fought to have her cast in The Help. Then she went on to win the Oscar. Welcome, Octavia Spencer. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everyone. My guest today is the Academy Award-winning actress Octavia Spencer. Along with her Oscar, Golden Globe, BAFTA, and SAG Award, Octavia has been nominated or won every award that can possibly be given to an actress. She has appeared in close to 70 films in just as many TV shows. She was named by Entertainment Weekly one of the 25 funniest actresses in Hollywood. She became a household name for her performance as Minnie Jackson in The Help, and more recently, she has moved audiences with her performances in The Shack, Hidden Figures, and Gifted. She is a producer and activist. She is the author of the young adult series Randy Rhodes, Ninja Detective. She is an exceptional actress and a beautiful human being. Welcome, Octavia Spencer, to the podcast. Wow, that was pretty fantastic. <laughs> it sounds good on paper. It sounds really good on paper. <laughs> I know. I feel like I really did a good job creating. That was great. I, I think you need to do that all the time for me. Like, just go everywhere and read that intro. <laughs> do you know what? If it would mean us actually spending more time together, because it really has been, you know, listeners, I met Octavia, I think it was like around 19... 19- 98. We did a little short film Mm -hmm. called Making Sandwiches with Sandy (laughs) Bullock at the helm. And that was the beginning of your magical existence coming into my life. And that's a long time now. Yes, it's been a long time. And I, you know what, it's, you always know the special ones because, you know, we, we, we stay together no matter what, you know, we're all over the place, but we're always in touch and that that means a lot to me. You know, you were there at the very, very beginning. I feel responsible. I mean, think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before me, there's a young Octavia who grew Mm -hmm. up in Alabama. And Mm -hmm. I don't know 
that people know that much about. You know, you you have kind of exploded into our lives in more recent years, but you talk about like slow and steady wins the race. And I feel like those seeds of hard work were planted. I remember you telling me about your family. Are you from Montgomery? I am from Montgomery. I am. Performing in arts has always been a part of, of, you know, my life. I'm the sixth of seven siblings, and uh, we're from meager, very meager beginnings, but, you know, all have our, you know, staked our claim in some way. Were you super funny? And did you, do you feel like as the youngest, one of the ways you sort of found your place was, did you entertain everybody or were you, what were you like? Well, I'm not the youngest. I'm next to the youngest. Um, but, oh, I you forgot know, about that one. That were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we're, we're all pretty, um, pretty funny when we hang out together. We, we, we laugh a lot, you know, reminiscing about our childhood. So I don't think that, that I'm any funnier than um, any of my uh, other siblings, actually. I mean, you know, sibling dynamic, there's always someone funnier than you and always someone more talented than you. So I never saw myself as um, the funniest or the most talented. I was just happy to be a part of the mix. So when did you start performing? You know, I took piano lessons. I mean, we were poor, but my mom bought a piano and I took piano lessons. And then I realized, you know, I really don't like piano. And I hate myself for doing that. So I started, you know, it, it, it was very early on in my, in my life. You know, we, at our church, we did all of um, the recital things every Sunday, you know, that type. I mean, so performing was just, it was just really a part of the fabric of my life. Um, And then I, you know, in high school, we did plays and, college, you know, I decided not to major in theater. My mom died when I was 18, right before my college entry. She always encouraged us, you know, to be the best and dream the biggest dreams for ourselves. But when I told her I wanted to be an actress, it was like, oh, you know, she kind of didn't. <laughs> was that the sound down, effect? But she didn't rain, <laughs> right? <laughs> she didn't rain on my parade. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, but she, she didn't rain on my parade, but she definitely, you know, she was a very practical woman. And because of that, I am extremely practical. And I decided writing would probably take me a lot farther than than acting but I wanted to you know keep that in my in my pocket but you know in those those years those formative years as an actor um, when you have a lot of downtime there's a lot of time for self-doubt so how did you get to LA oddly enough I uh, worked with a casting director um, who lived in Alabama but she did a lot of location casting so my last semester at Auburn I actually was not there. I don't know how I did it, but I talked my professors in the school into letting me do a work study. And um, I I worked on Richie Rich and another movie, uh, Tom and Huck. Two classics. Yeah. (laughs) And then there was like, we just, I just did all of these things. And then I almost didn't go to my graduation. And I thought, you know what, I'm probably going to regret it if I don't go to my graduation. You mean literally show up at the ceremony and get my diploma. I'm like, I probably need to do that. 
And so at the last minute, and my family didn't come because I told them that I wasn't going. And at the last minute, I changed my mind. Wait, so when they called your name, was there no one of your huge family? Was there nobody there? No, no, I literally, but you know, I had friends and so it was, it was fine. I mean, I literally, it was a, it was a technicality. For okay. Me. I'm like, I need to do this. You need this piece of paper for you. Exactly. But how lucky. I think so much about how there's talent, right? And then you need something lucky in your life. So the idea mm-hmm. that you were in Alabama and met the one person mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of had a foot in both worlds and that you found that person. Well, it was due diligence, though. Let me tell you, there was a movie that came to Montgomery. And this was I didn't know that movies filmed on location like they filmed in different places mm-hmm. other than Los Angeles and New York. No idea. And there was a movie coming to Montgomery starring Whoopi Goldberg and Sissy Spacek called The Long Walk Home. And I called those people every day. I, my detective snooping, everything. I figured out where their offices were and I went down there and they realized they weren't going to get rid of me. So they hired me as an intern and they paid me a hundred bucks a week. And I worked with, in the extras casting department with the um, location casting director um, who did extras casting and location casting. And that's how I, and then I found out she was from Birmingham and we, we became friends. Um, And so whenever she would go on to do stuff and I was out of school, I would go help her. But yeah, that's, that's what I did. It was just, it took a lot of, a lot of, I look back now, it's like, oh, wow. I just kept going until they, because all they could do was say no. And they said no a lot. But, you know, I just kept on them until they said, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you lived in New York, you would call that chutzpah. And living in Alabama, I'm sure it's like gumption or some kind of, you know, you had a vision. You're a very powerful person. So when I met you, you were already in L.A. Tate Taylor and Octavia came as a package. I met this hilarious dynamic duo. So Tate Taylor ended up getting the rights to the book called The Help, adapting it into a screenplay. And that obviously a little bit, the rest is history. We met on A Time to Kill because we were the same casting director that I worked with in Alabama. Was She was the location casting and extras casting for A Time to Kill. So I went to Mississippi and I just, it was so weird being in extras casting because it, it, we were so far away from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And as I was preparing to quit, in walks Tate Taylor to deliver our call sheets because it was almost the first day of shooting. And, um, and he brings the call sheets and I'm like, who is this? And we hit it off and I stayed and we became the best of friends. And um, when I found out that he was moving to LA, he had a house sitting gig. So he was going to be staying out here for free for his first three or four months. And I thought, well, if he got a house-sitting gig, then I can get a house-sitting gig. He can't move to L.A. and me not move to L.A. (laughs) Exactly. And so I found a a house-sitting gig. And and, uh, uh, we raced each other. Actually, I raced him. He didn't realize we were in this competition. Only I knew that. I beat him to L.A. He took the more um, leisurely route. He went skiing and all that. And I just drove straight through. Because if if you look at your resume, you kind of started bit by bit getting 
parts on TV shows. I think you've said it before, and I can't remember the number, but you've played a nurse 20 times, something like that. A lot. By the way, not for nothing, that was kind of a part of your SNL opening monologue. Which was like cooler, hosting SNL or winning an Oscar, if you had to choose? Listen, SNL is iconic. Yeah. It's one of those things that you just, I mean, there's nothing... Yeah, uh, but Oscar changed my career, right? So that I could be a part of SNL. So I think I think Oscar. I would have to go with Oscar, but I'm thrilled that I I got a chance to be to do a dream thing. So how did it start? How did you get an agent? Well, um, through the um, Sandy short. It's so funny. I had no idea about anything, and Sandra was so sweet uh, that they. They made a little tape for me, and it was a clip of the scene that I was in with Sandy and Matthew. And um, I, the the DP on that short was going on to do a Disney movie, and um, he said, "There's a part in there that you should read for. I'll get you an audition." And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, they got me an audition, and then I, months went by, and I guess I said, "Well, I guess I didn't get that." And then they called to make a deal, and uh, they the um, casting director had an agent in mind, Michael Green, and I went over to meet Michael Green and Sandy said, you're going to need this tape. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what this tape is. And (laughs) I gave them the tape. They're like, you have tape of Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey. This is amazing. And I, and I thought, oh, wow. Okay. This is, I guess this is good. This is something that I need. Yes. And so that's how I got my agent, like every little thing. I don't know if you remember this. So I was cast in that movie. And Sandy and Matthew McConaughey had just done A Time to Kill. Sandy wrote this little short, this adorable romantic short film for them to be in together and for her to direct. And it was being shot in Ventura, California, which was like a few hours away. And she had all of her friends, including you and Tate and people that I hadn't met yet until I showed up on set, involved in the production. It was very like, I've got a bar and let's put on a show. So Sandy, when we had a first meeting, it was me and Matthew and Sandy and Beth Grant and a couple of people still in L.A. And she was like, the way it's going to work is it's kind of scrappy. And, you know, I may call you on a Tuesday and say, I need you Tuesday night to shoot a scene. Like, we're not as boarded and clear as other movies are going to be. Are you game? And I'm like, are you kidding? Am I game to be in this little movie with Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Mm. So I get a call on a Tuesday that they need me there that night. And I am having the hugest fight with my boyfriend. And I'm like, Sandy, I'm so sorry. I can be there tomorrow. I can't be there tonight. And she's like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And I call her back a couple of hours later. And I'm like, I'll break up with him if you need me to, if you really. And she's like, don't worry. Octavia can do it. Because it was very loose. Like, it was a very loose thing. And so I got there the next day. And I felt so awful that I had let her down. And then I get there the next day and they're literally like, oh my God, it's so great you weren't here last night because Octavia ended up, she was so hilarious. She brought, I was like, okay, okay, I get it. Oh my God. Thank goodness you were there. Thank goodness I had that fight. Thank goodness they had that scene that became the real. So you are responsible for my career. (laughs) Exactly. And if I hadn't dated that guy, you would have a podcast and I would have an Oscar. (laughs) I love that guy right now. See? Wow, that is crazy. I never knew that. Because I felt so guilty. And it was true. She was like, don't worry, we will figure it out. And there you were. And you know what? 
she figured it out, and you were amazing. We have just... Making Sandwiches is suddenly going to, like, fly off the shelves, that short film that no one even knows about because of this conversation. So you have Michael Green. Michael Green uh, is still a, a wonderful agent in, in L.A., and he he literally groomed me and taught me everything I needed to know. Like, I had to get into an acting class, and um, I uh, learned basically how to uh, get get one-liners and um, uh, under fives and television shows. And then he's like, well, you're, we're done with those. Now you're going to do um, – uh, and, and it's funny because people who don't know the business um, don't realize that if you have one line, you're still a principal actor. You're not an extra. So they're like, oh, you started out as an extra. I was never an extra. You're like, honey, I cast extras. Let me tell you something. I had, exactly. But you know what we go through just to, to get one line. Yeah. Um, and, and To get a honey wagon out of holding. Thing. I mean, all of those things. <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And it was so it, 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 we graduated from one lines and under five. And then Michael said, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people that I started out with didn't get that type of guidance in their career. But Michael, I remember say, him saying to me, we, we, we can't do any more under fives. If they are going to hire you, they're going to hire you as a, a guest star, and that's what your credit is going to be. Because if you don't see yourself as a guest star and series regular, then no one else will. Mm. So we're going to say no. And so do you have uh, the means to uh, be able to say no? And I said, well, I always have a day job. My mom always taught me to work. I Listen, if it all ended today, I'll be happy to go get a job, you know, working at McDonald's or something because I'm not too proud to to – to um, provide for myself, which is why I also live very practically. And I, I, I really appreciated that. And we came to, uh, um, you know, a parting of the ways. And I went to an agency that was a little bit bigger. And then, so it just, just graduated, you know, to the next level because there are things that I want to do. I wanted to produce and we didn't have the means to, to do that. But he's such a part of your story. When you tell the story, he's, he's part of the fabric of the, of the beginning. It's beautiful. I believe in us and you have to, I, I've always said that I'm very grateful to Michael Green because he saw something in me. And uh, he promoted the hell out of it. And I remember, you know, my first dream job was being in Spider-Man because I grew up watching it and then started watching it with my, my young nephews. So to be a part of the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, and it was just like, oh, my God, this is happening. Was that and the I remember, first I mean, time you felt like, OK, like this is I'm doing this. This is real. Yes. It's funny because I consider myself successful then that I was able to um, make some money doing what I loved doing, even though I still had a day job. Um, I loved that I was an actor and I was, you know, from Montgomery, Alabama. I signed all of my high school yearbooks. You know, when you sign the yearbooks at the end of the year, I wrote in all of my friends' books, I drew the Hollywood Hill and, and wrote Hollywood, Hollywood Bound. Oh, I, I didn't that. know how I was going to get here, but I knew that I was coming and there was nothing that was going to stop me from coming. But I appreciate Whoopi Goldberg to this day because I was ready to up and leave, you know, right after um, A Time to Kill. And um, she took me under her wing, you know, because she knew that I had just lost my mom um, that December, right before we started in the spring on that movie. And she took me under her wing and she said, you know, you promised your mom that you would go to college. 
Hollywood will be there. It is not going anywhere. You need to go to college. And to have that, you know, type of instruction from someone who was already successful, I'm glad I listened to her. And, um, and she was right. Hollywood was here and it's still going to be here. So just to have that, because there's something about college. If you get the opportunity to go, it teaches you how to meet deadlines. Mm. And if you aren't a person who um, is a self-starter, I'm a self-starter, but sometimes I don't finish things. You know, I can be known to do that. You know, college teaches you how you you have to show up. You have to be on time. You know, it just makes you a more structured person, a more well-rounded person for the job force or the workforce. And so I was glad that I did that. And, you know, you have to have a beginning, middle and end to every story. And um, it was just teaching me how to fill in all those blanks. So I'm grateful. And I, and I, you know, I credit Miss Whoopi for, uh, wow. not going to be back on in, in line, but yeah, you get those little pearls of wisdom on your journey, you know? And so when the help, you know, when we fast forward a little bit to your working through kind of going up the ladder, mm-hmm. was that a part that that you had to fight tooth and nail for? Were there other people in the running and he just was like, you know what? I needed to be Octavia. How did that finally happen? Because that was a pretty, you know, that film had a lot of established people in it already. Yes, it did. So how did you get in there? (laughs) Well, that's a juicy little story. Tate and I were roommates and Brunson Green, one of the producers, um, Brunson actually put up the money for them to get the rights lived next door. Uh, Tate owned a duplex and we were all basically roommates. And I get a little, I tear up a little um, Mm -hmm. because I know what it meant for both of them to get this big shot um, to be doing this movie with, uh, for DreamWorks to sign on. And, you know, right before, uh, at, at that time, you know, Jennifer Hudson had just won an Oscar. Monique had just won an Oscar. Um, Queen Latifah had just been nominated for an Oscar. They had all these people, Taraji Henson, they had all of these people that they could have easily have cast in the role of many. Um, and I had met Catherine when she was writing the book and um, didn't know that she loosely based Minnie's physicality and her, um, oh, her very, I don't know, because I, I hate the word sassy to describe grown women. But, you know, she spoke her mind. And, I, right. and people who know me know that I will speak my mind That's if right. I have to. Um, because, you know, when you lose your mom at 18, there's no other advocate for you, you know, but yourself. Right. You're your own mother and father at that point. Exactly. So um, I, I, I there, you know, that's who I am. And so they, the studio had so many people that they could choose from and that they probably really wanted that would have helped that roster. And uh, Tate and Brunson, uh, Tate kept saying no. Um, there were, I, I know that they probably read a couple of people, but who they read, I don't know. Um, but he said, that's Octavia's role. That's Octavia's role. That's Octavia's role. Yeah. And I did have to audition. And I also thank God to this day that I did the book on tape, um, for the help because Catherine Stockett, you know, requested that I do it. And, did you, know, you do that like, before the movie was being before. cast? Mm-hmm. Right. So you had this yeah. woman inside you. Yes. And I went on when Catherine was doing her book signings, 
she um, said, you know, will you go on, uh, go with me to do the readings and, and, and you read all the, uh, the maid parts and I'll read all the Skeeter parts. And I said, sure. And then she said, you need to do the book on tape. And, and you know, nobody wanted me, <laughs> let me just tell you, nobody wanted me to be doing anything with this book or this film, except for my friends, Catherine, Kate, and Brunson. And I'm so grateful because of those relationships. They knew what I was capable of, and um, I knew that I was capable Did of it. Did you? That's what I wanted to ask you. Were you scared? Like, here are all these people. Here's this project. Here are all these people saying, we want Octavia to the gods in mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. And was there any part of you going, you know what, you guys actually, great. I, listen, I just remembered my, I left my oven on, and I, <laughs> I just need to. Did you know you could do it? I was terrified. The audition, I love Carrie Barden to this day. He and I are the only ones, and his uh, associate at the time, Rich, are the only ones who knew that I mean, I've never been in an audition where I was so terrified and I couldn't get the words out. He and I have been friends for years, and he'd always try to he cast me in another project that he'd done. Um, and so, you know, he would read me for everything. And I was so terrified because I knew what was on the line. My friends were fighting for me, so I couldn't screw up my audition. Was it on tape? It was on tape. Right. So you could do it as many times as you needed to get we it right. We did. We did it about 15 times because <laughs> I was so tape nervous. somewhere. And on the 15th, <laughs> yes, on the 15th time, he was like, for, he, he was like, just listen, this is not an audition. You are many. You did the book on tape. When he said, you've already done this part. You've done it a million times. I, I went to London and did the, the radio play for the help before the, the movie was even done. I mean, I'd done many, so many times that I was not going to let anybody touch that role. You know, when they said, hey, they're going to do a radio play and they want you to do many, Catherine Stockett. I said, sure, I'll go to London. Sure. So, you know, I paid my way to go over there and, and, and do the radio play. So when he told me all of that and reminded me that I'd already done it a million times, it took the weight off and I just relaxed and we did it. But I, I, you know, to this day, Carrie Barden can call me and ask me to come and read a phone book for him. And I would do it because it was the grace of God and so many people um, rooting me on, but Tate and Catherine and Brunson and Carrie um, are the reason that people know my name today. Right. And it has kept going. So do you remember, I know you'll never forget the night you won an Oscar, although I'm sure you blacked mm-hmm. out and then came to and blacked <laughs> out and came to. Do you remember the first time Tate called action for the help? Well, yes, I do. We had a big fight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Little known fact. Okay. Why? Yes. What well, happened? He's like my brother. Yes. He's like my brother. And, you know, we were we were smart enough to know that we could not be roommates while we were working together. Right. Um, because, it, you know, it's it's like being a married couple. You're arguing about things like, did you take out the trash? And when you're really, you know, trying to focus on things. So um, I don't I can't even remember what our fight was about. But we had a you know, we had a, a big fight. And it's funny now. But I also remember, you know, how Skeeter had everybody sign the book for for Abilene. Sure. I knew that I wanted to do something special for all of us. So I, you know, I wasn't even working the first week or so. Um, we had a couple of weeks of rehearsal and blocking and all of that stuff. But I would go to the set at lunchtime and we had the best caterer. So everybody would show up for lunch. Nice. Um, and they would, I had books. 
um, that all of the cast and all of the department heads, I had, to, my job was to get everybody who was a department head and everybody in the cast to sign a book, um, to sign a, a couple of, actually it was 50. There are only 50 books like this in the world. Like when you say book. It's the help. It's, oh, I a had copy everybody of the book. Sign, okay. Everybody. And I think they're all first editions of the help. Um, Catherine had given us um, 50 copies and the entire cast. And now look at it. Now let's just, let's fast forward. Yeah. You have um, Brunson Green, who was a, because of the help, you know, it, he was not, they were all nominated as best picture. Emma has since won an Oscar and so has Viola. So, the, and, and I think pretty soon Allison Janney's going to be winning an Oscar, you know, because she's like Allison Janney. I mean, but if you look at all of those names now, I mean, it just, it makes me so proud. Yeah. For all yeah. of you, are you in touch with those people? I am. I'm in touch. I'm in touch with everyone. Jessica, Bryce, um, we're all still very much in each other's lives. I mean, we went through something very special. Yeah. And with hidden figures, too. Like, you've just managed to mm-hmm. be a part of these incredibly things that will be long-lasting, super long-lasting. And I'm sitting here thinking about, like, who will you be the Whoopi Goldberg for, right? Like, who is going to be the girl in the future or young boy talking about when they were starting out and what Octavia Spencer said to them. And, you know, I feel like I'm watching you not just do incredible work, but also be so conscious of giving back in so many ways. And I know that you have been a part of um, making sure a lot of people got to see hidden figures who might not have gotten to see Mm -hmm. it without your support. Well, let's find something for (laughs) both of us. Okay. (laughs) Well, now I have you um, on a show that is listened to by thousands of people saying that. So I've got it. I've got it documented. Okay. I love you, darling. Thank you so much. Love you too, honey. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc.